Welcome to the Teachers Matter podcast, where we share stories, strategies, and wisdom to inspire your teaching and enhance your life. We'll go beyond the theory by sharing tips, tools, and actions that will help you to create a positive difference in your life at home and school. With your hosts, Karen Tui Boys and Megan Gallagher. Hello there. Today we're going to be talking about a really important topic for us as teachers, and that is around authentic learning tasks in the classroom. So Karen, can you tell us a little bit about what authentic tasks are about? Oh, I love authentic learning because, of course, the word says it all, right? Real. So many times learning is just happening to our kids. And so an authentic task is really centered on relevant, real world learning that's deliberately designed to be able to engage the learners, to be able to do something that people do in the world to be able to explore and inquire and to question and to be able to use the skills and strategies and knowledge perhaps they've learned somewhere else in a real world way or task that, again, someone else might do in their personal or professional life. And that sounds really exciting. You know, as a teacher, I'm sitting there going, yay, how exciting will that be in my classroom? How exciting will that be for my learners? Absolutely. I think it's what it does is it fosters opportunities for students to develop that ownership of their learning. It allows them to learn time and resource management and accountability for what they do. It's meaningful. As I said right at the start, I think sometimes so much of education is done to kids that, you know, you will come and you will do this and they have no say in the learning and they just get to be told what to do every day. So we want it to be more active, more student interest based to help them uh, really get excited about the world. And and after all, they're going to be living and working in this world. So we need to give them the skills and the opportunities to develop those um, skills that they need when they go out and engage in the big wide world. Because school isn't, isn't a separate place to the rest of the world. We're part of the world, aren't we? Well, we're preparing them for the world, right? Not just preparing them for the tests in high school, but we're preparing them to go out and be capable, confident adults who can, uh, I was going to say adult in the world, but adult effectively. <laughs> I love that meme that says, you know, I'm looking around for somebody who's more adult than I am. Yes. We're faced with the situation. Some days we do feel like that. But yeah, the authentic task is about giving them the opportunity to see what it's like in the real world. And so that means that, you know, when we're doing authentic tasks, it's not about making it all easy for our students either, is it? No. It's about actually allowing them to get into situations which might be frustrating where they meet problems, where they have to come up with innovative solutions to solve their problems, which is, is again, something that happens in, in, in real life. Yeah, absolutely. So Meg, tell us about how you set up an authentic task. Well, one of the, the really big things for me when I'm looking at setting up authentic tasks is being really, really clear about the purpose. So what is it? Why are we doing this? Because if we're not doing it, a real reason then there's no point to do it and I think I know a colleague of mine used to talk about having a little bird on your shoulder going what's the purpose what's the purpose what's the purpose 
for everything that we do in our classrooms. And it's a really, a really important, powerful question for, for us when we're designing learning for our children and, and absolutely for authentic tasks. And then I need to be able to communicate that purpose really clearly to my students because there's no point in them playing a guessing game is to try and work out why we're doing what we're doing. I need to make that really clear to them. The other thing that when I'm setting up an authentic task is I need to make the criteria really clear so that not only do they know what they are doing, but they also know what's expected from what we're doing. And that doesn't mean about being really directive about everything. It just means making sure that the stuff that is important is really clear for them. The other thing is when I'm setting up these tasks is actually really listening and thinking about what my students are telling me about what they're interested in. You know, for example, a year or two ago, we were talking about change. And we were talking about, oh, also, we went all sorts of places talking about change. And then as we were talking about this, uh, we went and we explored Malala and her story and the fact that, you know, that we can, we, we actually are powerful. We can make a difference to the world and we can start by doing it here in our place. What's something that we're passionate about changing in our place? So we started exploring problems that were happening around our school, things that were really frustrating for us. And one of the things that the, the, the class came up with was that people leaving sports equipment out was really annoying because then at our school morning meetings, the teachers kept talking about the sports equipment being left out. Nobody was changing the behaviour and they were getting fed up with it. And so then they started looking at writing letters and doing all sorts of different things, doing posters for the school. And, the, and finally, we came up with a video that we did as a collective. Now, that was an authentic task because it was driven by the student's interest. I had no idea when we started talking about change that we were going to end up there but I had really clear criteria around what I wanted to be able to see from the children in an authentic task that they did at the end. If that makes sense? Mm, absolutely. The purpose was to explore change and to create change in our environment. Mm. So I've seen it in many classrooms as I have written a book called Project Genius. And so it's all about how to uh, give big learning for our young geniuses in our classrooms and those passion projects and so allowing students to have uh, to work on something that's authentic and passionate for them and I've seen children come up with this idea that they want to help make other children's football dreams come true as they teach them how to be a world-class footballer or even just some of the basic skills. Or they have gone out into the community and interviewed some of the elderly people in the community and made a book of that. Or they've gone to a hotel and said hey I'd love to know the history of this building and then they've created a, a beautiful wall display with original photographs for the for the interior for the foyer so that patrons coming in can see the actual history of the building and so there are hundreds and thousands of things that could, kids could be doing around uh, anything that they are passionate about so it's being able to find, you know, take old clothes and turn them into new outfits and if they're into fashion. So being able to find a task that's authentic in the world that these kids are really passionate about, really important. So Meg, I know that you also use a process drama sort of idea. Can you tell us about that? 
Yeah, so one of the one of the one of the strategies I use is called Mantle of the Expert, and it comes from Dor- the work of Dorothy Heathcote. And Mantle of the Expert is actually really saying that we go into a drama situation. The teacher slips in and out of role with the students, and the students take on a role as an expert within a particular field. And what we do when we do that is we actually raise their status because often as students we are and particularly children, we're powerless or we feel powerless that our voice isn't heard. And so in this situation, we create, we create these situations where their voice is heard and they are actually really important people. Often choosing as, as a teacher in role to be a less powerful role. So an example might be, oh, this, well, this is one I did with five-year-olds, was I came in as a community member saying we have no civil defence set up in our community and we're really worried that if something happens that we, w- we won't be prepared. We live beside a river. You know, flooding is a real and, and present danger and we are not prepared as a community and we don't know what to do. Can you help us? And the students were taking on the role as, as civil defence experts. So we'd been talking about so we've been talking about natural disasters and things like that. So they had quite a lot of information, and this was a wonderful example of the, them then taking on. We have this discussion. They talk to me like experts, and I love it when little little guys go into these roles and they sit up taller, and they start using great big words that they don't use, or they, and they talk in in a different way sometimes they all even put on an accent but it's fantastic because they go into the role as this professional who's now here to give me advice because I don't know what to do and I need their help because we can't solve this problem without these experts stepping up and then they go and they do real research they do writing for a real purpose because they need to bring it back to this meeting that we're going to have in a week's time and I can slip in and out of role so I can go and then be the teacher coach with them working alongside them. And then we come back into the role. I can, I can come back into the role at any time. We can call another meeting if, we, if I see that the children are getting lost and give them more information if that's what they need. But it's a really powerful, powerful way to learn. And, it's, and it is authentic because the situation might be made up, but the skills and the behaviours and the actual tasks that we're doing is real. Mm. Very uh, yeah, powerful. It's a, a powerful way to learn. Yeah, I've seen it done in a English classroom, secondary English classroom, where the teacher has come in and said, right, you are editors of this newspaper. I have two book reviews here that need to be edited and combined and condensed down to 300 words. And, and it needs to be ready by Friday because that's the deadline for the newspaper. And so that students uh, have to use the standard symbols that you would use in editing and all that sort of thing. But it's a real task that a real editor would do. So it actually allows them to put themselves in a role of not just the teacher says, please check the punctuation and spelling and everything of this piece but you are now an editor or a reporter or whatever it is and you are in this role and uh, this is what someone in the real world would do so you uh, can be doing this too yeah and and we can take on a whole lot of different roles and I think actually when we look at authentic tasks and I know that Jay McTighe it does amazing work. And we've been very lucky to work with Chick Foot in my own school who has worked with Jay and shares a lot of his, his information, have really got us thinking about the roles that we take on when we're doing authentic tasks. So we may not actually necessarily be in a drama situation, but we're still taking on those roles of being like an editor 
or being like a designer, acting like a designer, acting like a scientist. You know, last term we were studying sustainability and we were doing it through the lens of being like scientists. Mm. As scientists, what will you what, what do you see when we think about sustainability? How do we act? What can we do? So thinking about all those different roles and those different dispositions that come out when you start thinking about those different roles. And that that's a really important point, this holistic uh, part of this, which they're not just learning about the subject that they're in, they're also maybe multi-curricular, there's the holistic side of they're learning uh, dispositions, perhaps the habits of mind, they're learning how to persist, think flexibly, to think about their thinking, they're learning about being able to take responsible risks and try something even though they're not sure, they're learning time management, resource management, as I said earlier, they are actually having to have great communication skills. And so all of these skills are bigger than the content of what they would have just learned in a traditional classroom. So this authentic task actually helps our children to be more well-rounded as an individual and more learned, I guess, as a, as a student because they are putting it into a real-world place. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's really important that um, when we're designing our tasks, that we think about that voice and choice in it. You know, like I was wondering, actually, with passion projects, you were talking about them before. Do you ever have children who, you know, because when you talk about passion projects, you think, okay, so what are you passionate about? Run with it, guys. And I can imagine that some people get a little bit sort of like deers in the headlight (laughs) or deer in the headlights. But you go, I don't know what to do because there's too much choice. I don't know how to handle this. Yeah. How, do you, how do you support students when you're looking at providing them with voice and choice in these authentic tasks, but they don't, that, that, if it's too broad, they just freeze? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a real common thing that happens because children aren't used to being given choice. And when they're suddenly given choice, they're like, what if I get it wrong? What if I make the wrong choice? What if it's not the right thing? What if I can't do it? And so these are real struggles for them. And what we want them to do is uh, come up with something that uh, is around their own interests. So there are structures and strategies you can use, like the tournament plan, to be able to find out what, what your topic might be. Or you might have children do it in groups to start with to have that support and do something with others or you might have a class project so for instance one of the schools I was working with they had a school beautification program and so that's what the class did in small groups they all took a part of the school and said in what way are we going to beautify this there was a budget in the school and so they were able to Uh, really look at how they could uh, do that so it but it is real that what am I going to choose what am I going to do and often that fear of failure holds them back yeah and and so and and I I hear that you know putting constraints in is okay as well you know we've got a budget there's a a budget here or it's got to be done by Friday so there's a time constraint or this is about this beautification project so that's that's our constraint so that because in, in the real world, we have constraints too, you know, like we don't have a, an inexhaustible budget and an inexhaustible time to be able to do whatever we want. Absolutely. And also, I think the key to the passion project idea around or the authentic task is sometimes kids bite off more than they can chew in the time frame. 
And that's actually perfectly fine. Actually, in patient projects, we want them to often fail because in a safe environment, we want them to go, do you know, I thought I could get all that done in 10 weeks. There's no way I could get that done. Next time I would do it differently. And so that's part of the learning that goes through the experience that they can then go back to and go, you know, next time I'm not going to plan as much or it won't be so intricate or uh, I'm going to need 20 weeks for this project so that they they learn those skills because that's time management, that's resource management, that's all those life skills that are going to help them when they're outside the school environment. So that reflection and self-assessment as part of this is actually quite important too, eh? For all of this, whether you are setting an authentic task for a child, for your whole class, and they've got voice and choice maybe within that, or whether it's a passion project, the most important part is a seven piece is the whole idea of the ponder the what do you ponder uh, ponder about at the end what are the questions what would you do differently how how did you get around having to work in a group and not always agreeing all the time that actually becomes the real learning that happens and that fits with that who is it oh can't remember her name the model of the kwha no, K-W-H-L-A-Q, which is looking at what do I know? What do I want to know? How will I find out? What have I learned? What actions will I take now because of what I've learned? And then the final part, the Q, is what questions do I have now that's going to lead me to some new learning? Silviana uh, Tolisano. Yes. Her work. And that's one that I use in my classroom and it actually helps me to frame my thinking and my planning through a term. Mm. Yeah. Um, So I think for teachers listening, if you haven't uh, tried authentic tasks, do something small, do something that uh, you have control over rather than perhaps if you're not feeling that comfortable going straight to a huge passion project and everyone's doing individual things. Give voice and choice, give them a couple of uh, different options. They might be, uh, they might write a letter or they might do a blog post or they might do a report for a newspaper. So give them three choices of how they might show their learning or show what it is that they're doing. And so that they can, they, they have that choice. It's not just everybody's going to write a letter to the editor, but that they have that choice of how they're going to show their learning and show their thinking. And Give it a go, just step by step. And then as you get more comfortable with it, you can grow it, you can get bigger and you can uh, then become a lot more multi-cross-curricular. Enjoy. Have fun. (laughs) Because what you do matters. Thank you for listening to the Teachers Matter podcast. We're eager to transform the lives of even more teachers and educators. So please remember to like and review the show wherever you listen to this podcast. It really helps. And if you enjoyed the podcast and would like to have more resources and information, head on over and join us at spectrumeducation.com.